Lord's Day to worship, to receive God's gift today of word and sacrament. Why don't we stand today and greet each other, say hello in the name of the Lord. And uh, members, if you see somebody that you don't recognize, please go say hi to them and welcome them to church today. Good morning. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. I am Carol Kleibaker, your announcer for the third Sunday in Advent. The Reverend Jake Sletton will deliver today's message. Assisting in the worship service is the organist, Mrs. Susan Sinegar, and the acolytes are Jordan Kleibaker and McKenna Smith. Today's order of service is at www.trinityfreistadt.com. The radio broadcast for today is sponsored by funds donated to the radio ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church and dedicated to the glory of God. May God bless us as we worship together. Our opening hymn today is In Thee is Gladness on page 818 of the Lutheran Service Book. Taking your seats, just a few announcements before we begin with our worship this morning. First, just a reminder that uh, midweek Advent service begins, I'm sorry, uh, continues this Wednesday on December the 19th at 7 p.m. Please plan on joining us for that. Uh, please also, for uh, members, please check your mailboxes. There is an invitation for uh, uh, a informational meeting that's uh, happening soon. Please see that. Uh, the Friends in Christ group is requested to please meet after church today here in the front for uh, an announcement. And then there will be no bells practice uh, from now until January the 2nd. Uh, so please make note of those things uh, as well. I also got a phone call last night from Margaret Holly that uh, Ellie came through his surgery well, and he is in recovery, and uh, she thanks um, everyone for all of your uh, prayers and kind words of encouragement, and ask that you continue to pray for them as well. And so let's begin today with a word of prayer. Dear gracious Lord, we give you thanks, Lord, for this day. This is the day that you have made, and Lord, we will rejoice and be glad in it. We ask now that as we worship you here, Lord, that as we receive your gifts of word and sacrament, that you would open our hearts, open our minds, and open our souls by your Spirit, Lord, to receive these things in faith. Uh, and now, Lord, we know that none of us are called here by accident, none of us are here by chance, but because your gospel, your saving message of the good news of Jesus Christ has beckoned us here. And for that, Lord, we thank you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Please stand. We make our beginning this morning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart, and confess our sins unto God our Father beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. 
Our help is in the name of the Lord. Who made heaven and earth. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. And you forgave the iniquity of my sin. O Almighty God, a merciful Father. I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities, with which I have ever offended you, and justly deserved your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them, and sincerely repent of them. And I pray you of your boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor, sinful being. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son, Jesus, to die for you, and for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. So then, in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Once again, our hymn is number 818 of the Lutheran Service Book, In Thee is Gladness, verses 1 and 2. Again, 818. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob. Whose hope is the Lord his God. Who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them. Who keeps faith forever. Who executes justice for the oppressed. Who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. 
Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say, rejoice. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, we implore you to hear our prayers and to lighten the darkness of our hearts by your gracious visitation. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Old Testament reading for today is from Zephaniah, chapter 3, verses 14 through 20. Sing aloud, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your hearts, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away the judgment against you. He has cleared away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall never again fear evil. On that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Fear not, O Zion, let not your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. I will gather those of you who mourn for the festival, so that you will no longer suffer reproach. Behold, at that time I will deal with all your oppressors. And I will save the lame and gather the outcast, and I will change their shame into praise and renown in all the earth. At that time I will bring you in, at the time when I gather you together, for I will make you renowned and praised among all the peoples of the earth, when I restore your fortunes before your eyes, says the Lord. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord we bless you. We will now have an anthem by the Adult Trinity Choir.
Thank you very much, choir. It's now time for all the young disciples who are here today to come forward for the children's message. And now is a good time to bring up your mighty mites, your offering as well. morning. Is everybody ready today? What are we ready for? Christmas. I love that song. Wasn't that beautiful? All about Christmas coming, about Christ coming to us. This morning in Sunday school, we talked about our blessings and the things that we are grateful for. And um, one of those things is Christmas, right? Are we grateful we have Christmas? Yes, we are. Um, we are all excited about Christmas, and I want you to think for a second. Oh, I'm going to bring this up. You guys got to go shopping at school this year, right? Buy some gifts for your family and your friends. Did you get to do that? Yeah. Yes. Okay. We used to do that with my kids when they were little, and they loved doing that. So I'm so glad that you guys get to do that again. But tell me, did you go buy presents for yourself? No. No, you were buying gifts for other people, Right. So you were doing something special for someone else. You were learning about giving and not just getting. Because you know at Christmas time that giving is more important than getting? Yes. Yes, that's good. I'm glad you know that. So instead, let me ask you something about, I don't want you to give any secrets away to moms and dads, okay? So if you bought something special at the workshop or at the gift shop, don't tell that one, but think of something else that is special that you could give to anyone. Raise your hand. Reagan? A toy. A toy, good. Anybody else? Anybody else? A book. Oh, a book, that'd be great. Anybody else? Anything else? Nothing else? You can't think of anything else to give to people? Okay, they're just not very talkative this morning. I can think of some things that would be very important to give to people, but I want you to tell me, hmm, how should I put this? What would be the best gift that I could give to you or to anyone else? What would be the best gift? Cohen? He lost it. It's okay. Best gift that we, I could give to you or I could give to anyone else. Can anybody think of that? What would be that best gift? The verse, the, the, the story of Jesus' birth. Awesome job. That was great. She did a great job. The story of Jesus' birth. Now, I have a gift right here that I need everybody to get close and just rip it open for me. And turn it around. Somebody tall, stand up and turn it around. Cordell, could you do that? Can you, can you stand up and hold it up? 
So what's that gift, everybody? Just say it. Jesus. Say it again. Jesus. Jesus. Just like Grace was talking about. The best gift that we could get or to give anybody is Jesus. Now, this picture of Jesus doesn't look like a baby, does he? What does this picture show? Maddie? Anybody know what this picture shows? Of him being grown up. When he was grown up and something more specific... When he had the crown, to, crown of thorns on his head. And what happened when he died on the cross? What was that for, Cohen? To give away our sins. To take away our sins. Anybody else have something they want to say? No? Exactly right. He was born. Thanks, guys. I'll take it. He was born. God gave him to us as a gift. And he was born as a gift to us. He lived as a gift to us. He died on the cross to take away our sins, and that was the biggest gift of all. Isn't that right? That someday we get to go to heaven and live with him. Because he forgave our sins, God forgives our sins too. So when we're getting ready for Christmas this year, I want you to remember about giving what you can give to people. Not just about what you're going to get for Christmas, but what you can give to people, whether that's a present or Bible, or the story, as Grace said, the story of Jesus' birth. Okay, can you pray with me? I will clean up that mess, by the way, Pastor. (laughs) Okay, you ready? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you all of your blessings and gifts especially Jesus, who lived and died on the cross for my sins. Amen. The epistle reading for today is from Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the seventh chapter. The disciples of John reported all of these things to him. And John, calling two of his disciples to him, sent them to the Lord, saying, 
Are you the one who was to come, or shall we look for another? And when the men had come to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you, saying, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? In that hour he healed many people of diseases and plagues and evil spirits, and on many who were blind he bestowed sight. And he answered them, Go and tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, the poor have good news preached to them, and blessed is the one who was not offended by me. When John's messengers had gone, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Behold, those who are dressed in splendid clothing and live in luxury are in king's courts. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I will send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. I tell you, among those born of women, none is greater than John. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. This is the gospel of our Lord. The hymn of the day is page number 345. Hark, a thrilling voice is sounding. Again, page number 345 of the Lutheran service book, verses 1 through 5. all pray with me, please. Dear God, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth 
be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's meditation is the Old Testament lesson from the prophet Zephaniah. Please have that in front of you uh, to refer to as we go along here this morning. Several years ago, my family and I were able to go over to London, England, and we visited the Crown Jewels. And it was really neat because you could really see, they kind of put you on this, um, I'm not even sure what they call it, a moving pathway, right? Uh, And it just kind of moves you through all of the Crown Jewels. And you can get really, really close. You can just about touch the crown jewels, but you can't touch them. They won't let you get close. They're inside of this, of this glass box, okay? And there are sensors and security cameras everywhere. So if anybody tried anything fishy, if anybody tried to, to take those jewels, well, then it, it would be very, very difficult indeed. In Psalm 46, it says this, Verses 4 through 5. It starts off in verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, but the mountains tremble at its swelling. And then here, listen to verses 4 through 5. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The question that we are going to be answering this morning is what exactly it means for God to be with us. He was given, Christ was given the name Emmanuel, which of course literally means God with us. There are several different points in Scripture that talk about this same thing, that God is with us, that God is within us. And so what exactly does that mean? In verses 4 through 5, the city of God that is being talked about is you and I. That God is in the midst of her, that God is in the midst of us. We will not be moved. God will help her, will help us when morning dawns. And so we go to the prophet Zephaniah. In the first two chapters of this book, which, which, which of course are not in your bulletin, but in the first two chapters of this book, God, through the prophet, spends a lot of time talking about the coming destruction and the coming discipline and the wrath of God that is about to come to his people because of their faithlessness in him. In chapter 1, he prophesies about the day of the Lord and when he will send punishment for those who have been faithless to him. In chapter 2, the theme is very, very similar. It details the coming punishment that will happen upon God's people. God's clear intention to pour out his wrath upon them because, again, of their faithlessness to him. But then in chapter 3, the mood changes and it shifts. Beginning with verse 14, 
But it, is, but it is verse 17 that I want us to concentrate on for this morning. Verse 17, let's read that again. The Lord your God is in your midst. There we see that theme again. A mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. The Lord your God is in your midst. And so what does that mean? What does it mean that the Lord is in the midst of his people? From what I can read from Scripture, it means these four things. The first is that he comes to remove sin and guilt of those who are fearful because of their sin and guilt. Sin scares people. Sin can cause many of us to drive completely into doubt about our faith, doubt about our relationship with God, doubt about his love for us, doubt and despair about the fact that are we even lovable by God. There are three different examples in Scripture, and there are others as well, of how the guilt of sin is disheartening, and it robs people of their God-given gift that is found in the joy of knowing Christ as their Savior. From King David, the Psalms provide us, as I have said before, provide us with an insight into the thoughts of God's people. And Psalm 51 was written by David shortly after his fall into sin with another man's wife, Bathsheba. And listen to verses 1 through 12, and listen to David's heart. He says, Have mercy on me, O God, According to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Cleanse me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all of my iniquity. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. And so we hear David's heart upon the prophet Nathan coming to him and confronting him in his sin. Nathan told David, you are the man, you are the one who has, who has sinned against the Lord. And how grieved that David was. 
how grieved that he would be later when he finds out that the punishment for his sin from God is that he will take the child that, that is to be born from his, from his relationship with Bathsheba. Another person that, that came to mind, one of Jesus' own disciples, Judas, and how he was one of the twelve, one of those that was closest to the Master, closest to the Savior, and then sin infects him, and Satan comes into him and causes him to sin against Christ, to turn over the Messiah. And we know that Judas's grief and his guilt over his sin was so great that not only did he try and give the money back to the Pharisees, which of course they did not take. What is, is that to us? It's on your hands now. But then the Gospels later record that he found a tree and he killed himself over his grief. And then finally, I was reminded of another disciple, Peter. Peter, who before this point had said to the Messiah very pointedly, very specifically, all others will fall away from you, but I will never fall. And I will never fail you. I will never fall away from you. Jesus, of course, as we know, predicts that he will disown him, not once, not twice, but three separate times. And then the moment of truth comes. Peter is asked three separate times, do you know who Jesus is? And three separate times, Peter says no. And then the rooster crows, and the Gospels say that he went outside and he wept bitterly because of the guilt of his sin, because of how bad and how terrible that his sin made him feel. The second thing, the second thing that it, that it means for the Lord to be in the midst of his people, he is there to, to bring help, to aid them, and to save them. To bring help, to aid them, and also to save them. We have talked about this before, about this idea about, this, about uh, the, the now and the not yet. He brings help now, even though we may not necessarily understand it, we may not necessarily see it. He brings help now through the waters of holy baptism. He brings help now through His body and blood given for us through His supper. He brings help now through His Word, which is given to us as our method, as the way in which we know that God, through His Son Jesus, loves us. And finally, He brings help now through one another. By having Christian fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ. That is the now. But He also brings, is bringing help soon. I read to you from Jeremiah 32, verses 36 through 41. Now, therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning this city of which you say, it is given into the hand of the king of Babylon by sword and by famine. 
Behold, I will gather them from all of the countries to which I drove them in my anger and my wrath, and I will bring them back to this place, and I will make them dwell in safety. And they shall be my people, and I will be their God. I will give them one heart and one way, that they may fear me forever, for their own good and the good of their children after them. I will make with them an everlasting covenant that I will not turn away from, from doing good to them. And I will put the fear of me in their hearts that they may not turn from me. And then finally, my favorite verse of this, of this text, verse 41. I will rejoice in doing them good. I will plant them in this land in faithfulness with all my heart and with all of my soul. Jeremiah speaks of the day to come, the day that has been prophesied about, the day which is the second celebration for why we have Advent, not only only remembering and celebrating the, the first occasion on which our Savior came, but the second time in which He will come, in which He will come to plant us into the land of heaven in faithfulness with all of his heart and with all of his soul. The third thing about what it means for the Lord to be in the midst of his people, he comes to love those who in their sinfulness are unlovable and unloving. He comes to love those who in their sinfulness are unlovable and unloving. Loving. Now, my guess is, is that when I read that, many of you thought of someone. How many of you thought of yourselves? Don't raise your hands. Trust me, I know. We too, because of our sin, are unlovable. We too, because of our sin, are unloving. This is exactly why Jesus says, before you look at the speck in somebody else's eye, take the plank out of your own eye. You see, our sin has separated us from God. Just because we might go to church, just because you might even come to church every Sunday, does not mean that your sin is any better off than somebody else's sin. We too are those who are unlovable and who are unloving. But he comes to those, to those exact people. And finally, the fourth thing about what it means for the Lord to be in the midst of his people. He will be their God and they will be his people. I think that This really starts in Psalm chapter 24, verse 1, where it says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. You may have seen this in a different way. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. This continues then, this same theme and this same thread continues in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. All of this took place, it says, to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, 
and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And then this thread, this truth, is finalized in Revelation chapter 21, verses 3 through 4. And I heard a loud voice from a throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be any mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. He will be our God, and we shall be his people. And so what does it mean for God to be with us? What does it mean that Jesus' name is Emmanuel? What does it mean that we are the city of, of God in which the Lord dwells? Number one, that your guilt has been removed. That your sins are remembered no more. One of my favorite Verses is from the Psalms in which it says that the Lord has removed your sin as far as the east is from the west. That the Lord has no memory of sins. It says, O Lord, if you kept a record of sins, O Lord, who could, who could possibly stand? All of your sin has been removed. That there is help now. That there is help now through remembering. You know, we, we sometimes, I think as Lutherans, we get scared of being a little bit too Catholic when we, when we make the sign of the cross. I'm telling you, it's okay to do that. Because all that that means is, is that you are reminding yourself that you are a baptized child of the Heavenly Father. That you were baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And because of that, God's Spirit goes with you each and every day to help now, to aid you. Number three, we are all counted in the group of unlovable and unloving, but we are the ones that the Messiah was sent for. It was us that the Savior has been born to. It was us that the Savior was crucified for. It was us that the Savior has been risen for. And then finally, He will be their God and they will be His people. God is your God. You are His child. Your sin has been removed. And you can count yourselves among those whom the prophet Zephaniah speaks to. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. At that time, I will bring you in. At the time when I gather you together, for I will make you renowned and praised among all the peoples of the earth. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. 
the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. We now say together the words of our Christian faith. We use the Apostles' Creed. It is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. At this time, we will gather our tithes and offerings. Uh, Whether you are a member or a guest with us, please find the red sign-in book and please fill out your name so that we know that you were here to worship with us today. We collect our tithes and offerings. This radio broadcast is made possible by donations to the radio ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church. Please contact the church office for how you can help. The mission of Trinity Lutheran Church is the preaching, teaching, baptizing, and sharing the love of Christ in our church, our community, and our world. A men's Bible study meets at 8 a.m. each Wednesday morning in the narthex. Several ladies' Bible study groups meet during the week in surrounding areas. For more information, call the church office at 417-235-7300. The Lutheran Hours are church's witness to the public marketplace. Today's message is, In Anxious Times, Rejoice! The guest speaker is the Reverend Dr. Anthony Tony Cook. Rejoice the Lord always! Again, I will say, rejoice. With anxiety on the rise, the Apostle Paul's call to rejoice always seems to be unobtainable. While there are many helpful ways to cope with society's increasing anxiety, Paul points us to a frequently overlooked source of joy and peace, God's grace in Christ. Please read Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. And now we will go back to the chime choir and listen as they play the offering hymn.
our prayers this morning, we have a few folks that we want to be sure to remember to pray for. For those in our health list, for Melvin McCord, Landreth Worm, Janice Meyer, Myron Reed, Carol McIntyre, Oren Fritz, Ethel Helmkamp, Joan Haynes, Addison Trokey, Steve Doss, Becky Morgan, Wayne Towers, Bob Dotson, Elda Nelson, Bob Yelinek, Mark Fellwalk, Lorne Cly Baker, Gary Magruder, Emma Conklin, Brenda Lawmaster, Rosemarie Dekoff, Elmer Kaiser, Teresa Nelson, Arlene Stevenson, for Bob Curdy, for Marianne Daughtry, for John Alexander, for Debbie Porter, for Ellie Holly, for Anna <clears throat> Kruger, for Mary Schultz, and for Fred Shane, who was in St. Louis for testing. <clears throat> also for Lisa Latshaw, um, the granddaughter of Ruth Nelson, who was in the hospital in Springfield with, uh, with some serious medical problems. Also for those celebrating birthdays and anniversaries, for Orville Meyer, who will celebrate 84 years of life on December the 17th, and for Norma Kaiser, who will celebrate 91 years of life today, December the 16th. We go to our Lord in prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you that you come to us. That the Lord has been made that the that the Lord God has been made known to us in the person of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Lord, we ask that as we continue to go throughout this Advent season, that you would prepare us, prepare our hearts, prepare our minds, prepare our souls. Not only, Lord, as we celebrate soon the time of your first coming, but Lord, also for the time of your second coming. Thank you, Lord, that it is to us, your very own, Lord, that you have come to us to die for us and to rise again for us. Lord, in your mercy. For all, that the Spirit would constantly open our ears to hear Jesus' word and set our tongues free to glorify him who does all things well. Lord, in your mercy. For all in authority in our land, that God would grant them wisdom, courage, civility, and honor as they carry out their difficult responsibilities. Lord, in your mercy. For all of those who suffer oppression from the evil one, for all who battle sickness or loneliness or grief, Lord, for all that we have been asked to remember, especially for those on our health list, and for all those, Lord, that we name before you in our hearts. We pray that Christ would grant all of them deliverance and healing according to his gracious will. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for all who come to the Lord's table, that acknowledging our unworthiness to so much as gather the crumbs from under his table, that Christ may, in his 
mercy. Feed us with, with his very body and blood and grant us to rejoice forevermore in his love and to show forth his praise and lives dedicated to works of faith. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for special blessings and joy over all who celebrate birthdays soon. We pray especially for Orville and for Norma. And Lord, you knew everything about them before their birth, and you have promised to never leave them. May they feel assured and ready for the coming year, knowing that you have ordered their steps. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we thank you for guiding all of those who have anniversaries soon. As your word says, a threefold cord is not easily broken. We pray that you would continue to wrap yourself in our marriages and our families. We pray that you might keep them so hidden within you that all the forces of evil would come to nothing. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly meet, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places. Give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, whose way John the Baptist prepared, proclaiming him the promised Messiah, the very Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, and calling sinners to repentance, that they might escape from the wrath to be revealed when he comes again in glory. Therefore, with angels and with archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil.
The Lord's Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communion, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm with each communicant that Jesus is your Savior and Lord, and with Lutheran Christians, you confess. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night in which he was handed over to death, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he, gave, he broke it. And he gave it to them and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, we took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Take and drink. This is the true blood of take and drink, all of you. This is the new covenant of my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. The first communion hymn today is Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee, found on page number 803 of the Lutheran Service Book. Again, Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee, page 803, will be the first communion hymn. The second communion hymn is Draw Near and Take the Body of the Lord, found on page 637 of the Lutheran Service Book. Again, Draw Near and Take the Body of the Lord, page 637. So once again, the first two hymns are page 803 and then 637.
the next communion hymn will be Draw Near and Take the Body of the Lord, found on page number 637. Again, Draw Near and Take the Body of the Lord, page number 637. of our King, found on page number 331 of the Lutheran Service Book. Again, the Advent of our King, 
page number 331. Next communion hymn will be Rejoice, Rejoice, Believers, found on page number 515 of the Lutheran Service Book. Again, Rejoice, Rejoice, Believers, page number 515.
Please stand. And now may this, our Savior's body and blood, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith until life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and joy. Amen. unto the Lord, for he is good. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us to this salutary gift, and we implore you that of your mercy that you would strengthen us through the same in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord be with you. Bless we the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. The closing hymn for today is Hark the Glad Sound, found on page 349 of the Lutheran Service Book. Again, Hark the Glad Sound, page 349, verses 1 through 4. It has been our pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. We pray that you have benefited spiritually from this service and invite you to worship with us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you are not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of this broadcast on www.freistatradio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May His love surround you and His mercy be evident to you in all things. Your announcer has been Carol Clybaker. And we wish you a blessed week.
Once again, a very special word of welcome to all of our guests and visitors this morning. Thank you very much for joining us. Just a reminder uh, that this Wednesday is our Advent midweek service at 7 p.m. here in the sanctuary. I pray that you all have a very, very blessed week.